I was just like sitting at home and I was just like, oh, I'm a bit bored today. Um, <laughs> and I just went to Argos and I, and I yeah, bought a clipper and I just did it myself. It, it was terrible. It was like holes all over my head. And- if you like what you hear today, please leave a review on iTunes or drop me a line on Instagram at Life's the Bags Podcast. I'd love to hear what you thought and I'd really appreciate it. Hello, you're listening to Life's the Bags Podcast a podcast created to inform, empower and educate all on the experiences of women of colour. I'm your host, Ro. This episode, I'm joined by a good friend and super amazing special guest, Joanna Yalvi, creator of the Curl Talk Projects. Now, in her own words, the Curl Talk Project is a portfolio of experiences for curly-haired women. I was really keen to get Joanna in as soon as I knew I was doing a podcast because she was just doing some amazing things in her space and I thought she'd be great for people to hear from and she is doing something that is really inspiring. So let's talk about the Curl Talk Project. The Curl Talk Project is an initiative that was birthed back in 2017 when Joe interviewed curly-haired women from across various ethnicities, social backgrounds and age ranges. Now this was all to understand the link between natural hair and the notions of identity, race, femininity and representation. Joe most recently held an exhibition at Hoxton's 253 Gallery this past International Women's Day, which was to showcase the images of women from around the world and to share their hair stories. She's doing amazing work, so please do check her out on Instagram at The Curl Talk Project, or you can find her online at www.thecurltalkproject.com. In today's episode, Jo and I talk about the project and why hair matters. She goes on to reveal why one day she decided to take the plunge and shave all of her hair off. It's going to be a really good story. From this episode, you'll learn a lesson or two on working out the balance between work and powering forward with your own personal project. I hope you enjoy listening. Let's get into the episode. Thank you so much for joining us, Joanna. Hello. Thank you very much for having me. What kind of motivated you to start the project? Was there a certain moment or a certain time where everything just clicked for you? Um, I think it was meaning to my own experience. Um, so I grew up um, hating the way my hair looked um, and it was mm-hmm. really was really difficult for me. It was really difficult for my black mom as well to uh, to love her own hair, but also to know how to take care of mine really so it was a bit of a confusing experience so I grew up obviously did a lot of things to my hair really like straightened um I mean I think most of us went went through this um and um and I think around 22 23 I decided to go natural so obviously I went um you know I went on all these forums and YouTube videos to 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 know more about the natural hair movement which I thought was great and really helpful for so many of us but something that frustrated me quite a lot is that um the natural hair movement and still today I think was and still is very focused on the beauty angle um Mm -hmm. when clearly there is a whole experience linked to natural hair obviously we can talk about the discrimination the microaggressions the dating sin as well there are so many things to take into account that were not explored in the natural hair movement which is all about sharing tips to like you know beautiful juicy and bouncy curls which is great but it's, it's yeah not, it's not enough <laughs> obviously um so so I, I yeah i got a bit frustrated and i thought okay let's create something where i could you know talk about these uh, via you know using the experiences of other women making sure that they can have their, their voices heard on the platform and, and also photographing them to make sure that, um, you know, the, the representation angle is also respected as I wanted as well. 
Mm -hmm. So when did you realise the project was more than just the project? Like you've got so much going on right now. You've got such a strong following. You've hosted events in conjunction with Google. You've been sponsored by Sheer Moisture. So a lot of people don't get to that point when it comes to kind of working on projects, especially projects around natural hair. I know so many people that have started projects and then things have fallen off. But Mm -hmm. kind of when did you realise that your project was more than a project? Uh, it's it's really hard for me to answer this question because to me, it's still just a project. Like it's just me, mm. Johanna, who just cre- wanted to create my own thing to kind of um, help other people and help myself as well. So for me, it's just something that, oh, that that's helpful for you and me and let's cool and, you know, let's just continue to do that. So for me, it's quite difficult to see it as more than this, even though I understand that it's taken, yeah, it's, yeah, it gained a lot of like, you know, attention and coverage and stuff. So I think the only thing for me is that all these things that are happening to me right now um, in correlation to the project is just a reminder that this is an initiative that is very useful and helpful for so many of us and and that the conversation around natural hair still needs to happen. And again, using an angle that is different to the simple beauty um, and aesthetic one. Um, So yeah, to me, it's just my little baby still. but it's just, yeah, all these things happening are just reminders that I need to continue to push to to make the conversation bigger, really. Mm-hmm. So tell us a little bit about your exhibition, the exhibition that you held most recently. Yeah, so um, I, okay, I've been dreaming of um, organising an exhibition for the Celtic Project for, yeah, basically almost since the creation. I was like, oh, imagine one day this could happen. And I was like, yeah, yeah. whatever, you're dreaming, girl. Uh, <laughs> but, um, but I, I was really like dreaming about it. And at some point I was just like, you know, I don't like to talk about dreams. Like I like to talk in terms of objectives more than anything else. So I was just like, mm-hmm. you know, let's just try to make it happen. So I've been thinking about it for quite a while. Like, do I do crowdfunding? Do I find um, like brand sponsorship? Do I use my own savings? Like, how do I do this? And um, and from one day to another, I just decided, you know what, just do brand sponsorship. You'll find a good brand, a relevant brand that will sponsor you. That will And you did. And, <laughs> and I did. Yeah, yeah. It's a good sponsorship with Share Moisture. Um, they've been really supportive along the way um, and basically I thought that it would be a great idea to, to create an exhibition for International Women's Day um, and this for a couple of reasons um, the first one is the fact that I'm sorry but International Women's Day I mean it's in the title it's international but when you look at all the um, all the content that's created by brands and, 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 and the media at this occasion the profiles of the women showcased are always the same um, mm-hmm. And I was like, that's not really international to me, you know. So I thought, okay, let's create, let's curate an exhibition where actually most of the most of the of the portraits that I that I took and most of the stories that I that I collected during the creation of the project um, could be like displayed and showcased in an exhibition, making sure that you know it really shows the diverse range of of, of cultures, of ethnicities, of skin tones, and of hair textures, which is something mm-hmm. that I think was really is really missing still um, in in the in the in the media or in the content that you can find anywhere really so um so yeah it happened for international women's day this year sponsored by share moisture um and yeah it's been received really well so i'm so i'm super super happy even though i'm i still don't process it quite yet i still can't understand that it happened it's it's, yeah but you've been working on it for so long I remember the first time that I actually saw those photos um in one of the first events that you actually held and I just thought wow you know what an incredible idea no one's actually doing it and it's sending such a powerful message so like what's been some of the reactions that you've kind of got from events that you've held in the past as well um I think in general I mean 
in general, the feedback is, is almost always positive. Um, and even though some people will come with criticism, I find that very often these are very uh, useful and, and constructive um, criticism or feedback, if you want to call it like that. But uh, generally, it's been received quite well. Um, people always, you know, telling me how important the conversation is, um, the fact that we need to, to push, you know, because obviously we can't wait for big brands and big companies to do it for us. Um, mm-hmm. So having something that is made by someone from the community for the community I think makes a big impact um, but I think following the exhibition what was interesting is that you have a lot of people coming to me asking me to kind of represent them for example mm-hmm. I had a woman who emailed me and said oh what a great project but I don't see a lot of Irish slash Scottish light-skinned women we can be very careful and I was like <laughs> I mean I, I would love to but um, I mean I, obviously I can't please everyone no, um, it's really difficult isn't it really, it really is like I'm really trying to involve as many profiles as I can. Um, but obviously, for example, I know that for me, it's more difficult to involve um, um, women who are like more mature, for example, simply because mm-hmm. my main point of contact um I mean, my main point, my main, the main, the main thing that I will use to to contact women will be Instagram, um, and you won't have that many mature women on this. So this makes things a bit more difficult. I know that I would love to involve children as well, but then again, in terms of authorization, it's becoming a bit more complicated as well. So um, I'm I'm really happy to receive all this feedback about people. Oh, you don't have like this profile or this profile or that profile. I'm like, yeah, I know, and I would happily have you involved. But you know, if you don't live in Paris, which which is where I originally come from, or if you don't mm-hmm. live in London, where I currently live, the interviews will be hard to, you know, organize or arrange. Or if you, again, if this woman from, um, I think she was from Scotland, um, I was like, you know, I mean, I, I can't, I can't really travel there just, just for the interview. So it's a bit complicated to please everyone. But what I'm trying to do is obviously make sure that I say to these people that I hear them. And obviously, if I have the opportunity to involve profiles that are even more diverse than the one that I have, I'll, I'll happily do it. Hmm. Okay. So you kind of created this project to tap into, you know, improving representation, to address perceptions around femininity, race, diversity, and self-love. But can you kind of rewind a little bit and tell us a little bit about your own natural hair journey? Because I know before you were saying that, you know, you relaxed your hair, like everyone kind of went through that phase. But tell us a little bit more about your own hair journey, because your hair looks a lot more different now yeah. than it did when I first met you about five years ago, <laughs> didn't it? <That's> true. <laughs> tell us a little bit about that. Uh, well, I hope you have time. Um, basically, okay, so, okay, just to give you a bit of context, um, obviously, you know that, but your listeners won't. Um, I'm mixed race, so I, um, I've been raised by um, a single black mother, um, which I think really shaped the relationship I have with my hair. Um, so basically, as I said before, I hated my hair um, from a very young age. Um, my mom, in a weird way, loved my hair. She really loved it. But in, at the same time, she would just go and buy relaxer for her own coils, So I was like, hold on a minute, like my hair is the way it is because your hair is like this. Obviously, my dad um, had very, you know, straight hair. So the the texture that I have, like can't come from him, obviously. So I couldn't understand why she would love my hair so much and hate hers like that. Mm -hmm. So for me, it was a bit confusing. Then obviously, I started growing up around 12. um, I, Christmas, I had this kind of straightener, um, like this kind of steamy straightener. I don't know who had the (laughs) idea of creating these things, Um, but it was the only thing that my mom accepted to buy um, for me to alter the, the texture of my hair so I had that so I started like straightening then I started blow drying 
drying. Then I did blow drying and straightening at the same time. But then around like 15, 16, um, I started to spend more time with um, the black girls at school. Um, mm-hmm. And um, it's interesting because I come from a place in Paris that is very diverse. You have like a lot of um, like a lot of black people, a lot of Arabic people. Like this is this is the France I know basically. So I've, mm-hmm. I've even though I've been raised in a very diverse environment, I still had to struggle with representation somehow, which was very strange um, mm-hmm. and very contradictory. But anyway, so yeah, around 16, I started to stay, um, to spend more time with the black girls at school, which to me was even more confusing because obviously um, I'm mixed race. And when I would say that I was mixed race, people would tell me, oh, but you, you're trying to hide your blackness. And I was like, no, I'm just mixed race. And then when I would say that I was black, um, it was like, no, you're not black, you're mixed race. So it was like, I couldn't please yeah. anyone. Catch twenty-two. Yeah, exactly. So it was a bit complicated at the time. So I thought, okay, I think unconsciously, wasn't conscious. I didn't think, oh, let me do everything to to look like them. But I think, um, I think for me, it, it was important to kind of belong and fit in. Obviously, with like I believe it was the case for so many of us. So I think instinctively, instinctively, I started to like relax my hair, even though my mom was so against it. But after a couple of years of pushing, 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 she obviously couldn't like say no anymore. Um, mm-hmm. So I started relaxing my hair around like yeah 17 18 simply because I felt like this was what the black girls were doing that was what my mom was doing and because I've been raised in a in a black environment like blackness was the only point of reference I had growing up it to me was just logical to do that um so I started yeah relaxing my hair then I started to relax and straighten at the same time which basically broke my hair like oh, crazy yeah. Um, yeah I think we all went through that stage I mean that was straggly ends I know <laughs> I mean, I don't know why. We mm-hmm. I mean, it's, I mean, I know why. Mm-hmm. But, um, it's just, yeah. it's just the worst decision possible. So yeah, it clearly ruined my hair. And then I thought, okay, maybe let's go back to simple blow dry. And that's when the change happened, I think, when I was around like early 20s. You know, I, I think I started to be a bit more comfortable with myself. Um, and I think I simply wanted to be more vocal and more visible. And the more vocal I wanted to be, the more texture, the more shapes you could see in my hair. So um, I would go back to blow drying, but I would do, you know, twists out or, or braids uh, before going to bed, just so I have a bit of waves um, in the morning. Um, then around like, yeah, 22, 23, I decided to simply go natural completely. It was, yeah, it was it was just a great feeling it was just really scary because obviously you always expect people to kind of judge you and you know put their hands in your hair or whatever so yeah. it was a bit complicated at the time um but then I think I simply became more yeah more more confident I guess um and uh and a couple of years ago I went through a very difficult um period in my life I think it was mm-hmm. three years ago so I lost my job I was really depressed I mean it was a very difficult time and from one day to another I just decided to shave it all off um oh, wow. yeah yeah it was it was crazy I don't I remember the time when you were like guys I've cut my hair and she like put a, a photo of herself in the group chat and we're all like yeah she shaved it all off pretty much but she still looked absolutely amazing I remember just thinking, this girl can rock a world head so it's fine no that was really that was really scary but at the same time it was really fun um mm. it was just super strange like I decided to like basically I try to do my hair by myself all the time like I'm always trying to learn techniques so I not depending on anyone um if on a Sunday I want to 
do braids, I don't have to like rush and find a hairdresser to do that. So I'm really trying mm-hmm. to do everything by myself. So I'm never going to the hairdresser. I'm putting my hair by myself and all that. But that day I was like, okay, you don't have a clipper. You don't have you don't have any technique when it comes to shaving your hair. So just go to there is a, um, a horrible shopping center next to my place. It's like <laughs> it's so it's a horrible shopping center. You would never want to go there to like shop anything. But there is a very small um Russian hairdresser. Um, oh wow, you went to a Russian hairdresser. I know, I know, I know. And I was just like, you know what? It costs like what five pounds? Okay, let's. It's just shaving, so let's just go there and see. Um, mm-hmm. And I think she, yeah, she wasn't really used to having like black people entering her salon or anything. Um, so she, did they not like stop try and stop you from like? She was like, are you? Sure? She was like, yeah, are you sure? And I was like, yeah, I'm okay. Like you can do it. She was like, like for real. And I was like, yeah, you can <laughs> do it. That's okay. And um, but then she didn't, you know, she didn't push too much. Like she asked me like twice, and and then she mm-hmm. did it, and and it was just like so liberating I was like oh my god this is actually great like Mm. I have yeah I I think uh, I could talk for hours about my hair but uh, like it shaving my hair was for me something that I would consider I don't know I was thinking oh maybe when you'll be 40 you'll do this you know when something Mm. I don't know big happens in your life you'll do this and then I was just like "Mm, actually I can just do that whenever I want and it really impacted the kind of emotional relationship that I had that I yeah that I started to have with my hair then um, because now I can you know now it grew back and I can you know cut it if I need to and and I don't feel bad about it. Like I'm not so obsessed with length anymore. Um, yeah. So I think it really changed something um, within myself, which was great. Um, and then I shaved again for some reason. Uh, two years. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> two years after. Um, two years after the, my first big shop. Um, I I don't know why. I was just like sitting at home and I was just like, oh, I'm a bit bored today. Um, yeah. <laughs> and I just went to Argos and I, and I yeah, bought a clipper and I just did it myself. It, it was terrible. It was like holes <laughs> over my head and, like, <laughs> and stuff. Um, but then my flatmate helped me and, and, and then, yeah, it was great. I, I, would, I would honestly recommend everyone to do it. It's just such a great feeling. <laughs> With that all being said... How important is hair? It's super important. Um, I think people, some people don't understand the importance that it has. Um, Mm. I remember when I started the project, you know, I would talk about it to some people and sometimes people would just be like, so you're creating a project about hair, like in a very dismissive way. And I'm just like, you don't know what you're talking about. Like you have no idea how important it is, especially like in, in, you know, in black cultures, it's like, it's part of us, you know, it's part of us. And and you just have to read some, some, some history books about like black hair. I mean, I can recommend like a couple, but you can, you just have to read about this and understand how important it is for us and how important it was for us from day one, you know? It's almost mm. like seen as, as a source of pride, isn't it? Exactly, well? exactly. Like it could be used like, you know, to represent your social status, your social background. Like it, it could, it could mean so many things for us. Like, you know, and I'm talking pre-slavery times because, you know, sometimes people tend to think That's that. That's what people talk about. Yeah, exactly. Like it's, it's, it's like, beyond that. exactly. I mean, it's like blackness started when slavery started. No, you had something <laughs> before that um and, and before that hair meant something for us so so it's definitely important it's definitely linked to our identity um i don't really want to say it's linked to our femininity necessarily um mm-hmm. because obviously you know you don't expect a woman to cha- to shave
shave her hair, to shave um, to shave her hair. So, um, but then it, if she does, she's not less of a woman. So um, I, I don't want to link hair too much with femininity, but I think. What about mental health though, as well? How um, how important do you think it is in terms of people's mental health? I think again, I think because it's so linked to identity, it's definitely impacting your mental health. Like the way you will, per- you will perceive your hair, the, the what you will experience as well um, mm-hmm. while you are navigating the world as a curly hair person um the, the perception of people the microaggression like all these things can really impact your mental health um you know yeah. if you go to work i don't know if you work in the corporate world and, and you just go and every single time you come with your curly hair people just want to touch it and say oh how strange how weird how fluffy oh it looks like yeah. you know like oh it's like cotton or whatever it's just like i i just need like you're some tourist attraction Honestly, or you know a monkey in a zoo i know i don't what think you so. have work to do like leave me alone you know like, it's just so tiring so i think the negative the negative perception that people can have of your hair the negative perception that you will have of your own hair will definitely impact the way you'll see yourself and accept and embrace yourself and obviously if you don't love yourself you're more inclined to you know be depressed and 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 Mm. and this over the long term as well so you're from paris yeah and you currently live in London. So how does the natural hair community compare from London to Paris? Ah, it's it's um, it's difficult for me because I I've been living in London for seven years now, um, and I only go back to Paris like from time to time, like every two to three months. I want to say that it's quite similar in the sense that it has the same flaws, if that makes sense. Um, okay. In the sense that you also have a lot of colorism, a lot of texturism, a lot of like yeah, the same profiles are promoted and displayed on a day-to-day basis like you always have you know the very like you know whether it's the mixed race um light skin slash white passing girl with very long loose curls mm-hmm. I-, I would say it's similar in the sense that it has these two movements have the same flaws i would say mm-hmm. so what would you say has been your biggest challenge throughout building the curl talk project i'll say myself i know it sounds very cliche <laughs> uh, <laughs> it sounds very cliche but i would say myself because there were so many things that could have stopped me from creating this in the first place um mm. okay so the first thing is that obviously i'm from france so i'm not a british native um and since mm-hmm. i've been in the uk something that came out quite a lot is um about people telling me oh your, your written english is not good enough uh, you'll mm-hmm. never succeed with a written english like that and i was just like all right that's that's cool so this is external opinion but then it really impacts you and you start to kind of believe it you know? yeah it's um, like internalize it don't you exactly so it, this is exactly exactly what happened so i thought okay i want to create this I want to you know retranscribe interviews but obviously I can't write properly in English so how am I going to do this I'm not going to look credible I'm not going to look serious no one will read it because they won't be able to understand me da, da, da. so it was um it was a bit complicated and can I just say f- um for the record that's actually a lie because you're still a high flyer you have been doing PR for a while <laughs> you've just moved into doing marketing space so mm-hmm. it's not like you couldn't understand and you couldn't read or write English yeah so that's just yeah no it's true ignore those trolls no it's true it's true but I think mm. yeah it's it's hard to kind of manage yeah people's you know perception about you it's, it's just really difficult especially when you're not confident um mm. I wasn't obviously confident 100% at the time um so it was really difficult for me to, to kind of manage this I was just like okay John I just let's believe what people say almost it was just like you know uh allow them into your <laughs> into your personal space which is obviously very damaging um yeah and as you say it's not true like now I'm doing this and I'm just like I'm okay <laughs> like people People can read my stuff. As you say, I worked in PR. I'm working in marketing. Like I'm creating copy for like content newsletters, ads, and it's fine. So mm-hmm. um, I think it's just about you know making sure that you don't let anyone impact the perception that you have of yourself and your own capabilities. So I would say this was 
was the first challenge. Then um, the fact that obviously I'm I'm quite I'm an introverted person. I'm not really someone who will go and talk to people. But obviously, if you want to interview a hundred women before the launch of the project, obviously you'll have to talk to these people. You'll have to talk to these women, right? You'll have to go and meet mm-hmm. them for coffees and stuff. And and so it was it was a massive challenge for me. It was like, okay, Joe, we all know you love to stay home and just you know stay by yourself <laughs> and stuff. But at some point, you just need to get out of there and just meet people just to make sure that it can happen. Um, so that was the second challenge. And the third one was basically my my difficulty with anything too technical. So I never used a camera in my life. I tend to panic every single time I see some type of machine with a lot of buttons on it. Um, so I was like, how am I going to use a camera? Like, I don't, I don't know. Like, it's just, you know, obviously you want good quality pictures, so you need the skill. But then I thought, okay, I have a flatmate who's a photographer. She's really talented. She can help. So I think what I would say when it comes to fighting these challenges is always questioning if these challenges are practical one you know let's say you want to create something that requires money and you don't have the money okay you can't do that yet but you know you need to save invest or whatever do whatever you have to do to make this so i understand that this can prevent you from creating a project but when it comes to all these little mental obstacles that you you know ingrain yourself in your brain just it's just some like personal work that you have to do because otherwise you will just be fearful all the time and and not do anything that's a good one so what's been your biggest achievement so far oh I would say this was the biggest achievement the launch of the project itself and then obviously the exhibition was just a a dream a dream coming true so yeah I would say that have you got any tips on how to maintain momentum when building a platform because like you said before you felt like one of your challenges was actually you Mm. so have you got any tips on how people can maintain momentum and try and not give up and continue to proceed Uh, to be honest I find it very hard so I'm going to give you the answer but I'm I'm not saying this like oh you just have to do this and this and this because sometimes I just find myself in situations where I'm just like why am I doing this like is it it helpful to anyone like do I really need to continue like this this happens all the time Um, so I would say just try to remember the purpose behind what you're doing and sometimes you won't find these kind of support within yourself like sometimes you will just you know question the reasons why you are doing something maybe it's not important maybe it's it's useless or whatever generally at that particular moment I mean that's how it was for me generally it's when people came to you know give me like positive feedback or this is when I don't know a press article went out about the project like almost these kind of little signs that made me remember that actually this was here for a reason and and there is purpose behind it and 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 this can help some people as much as it can help myself you know so I would say yeah try to remember the purpose always and if you don't you know find this comfort within yourself just ask around you like even your friends do you think this is useful do you think this could be um you know amended do you think i could update the content in a certain way to make it more appealing just to keep momentum as you said um how have you found striking the balance between work life home life and your project jesus that was hard um that's that's ridiculously hard to be completely honest with you um it's yeah it's really hard and it still is today to be honest but um i really believe that if you really love what you're doing you'll find a way i'm someone who i I get really frustrated at the end of the day if I know that I just procrastinated like I'm really angry at myself I'm just like you could have done so much so I know that not doing anything will frustrate me so I try 
not to get to get down that route. Yeah, try to allocate time. Really, you know, um, time management is 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 um. It sounds so basic, but it's basically the most important thing. You know, if you know that you need to leave your house at I don't know eight to go to work, and if it means that you need to wake up maybe an hour before your usual time to work a bit on your project, well, you'll have to do it. If it means that you'll have to work on your project at lunchtime instead of having lunch with your colleagues, well, you'll have to do it. And and same after work, you know, if it means that you go to bed a bit later well it means that you have to do it and i'm not saying that obviously you need to obviously you still need to keep your balance you still need to have a social life and stuff but sometimes when you create a project you will have to put so much time in but you also need to remember that it's for a limited period of time mm -hmm. before creating the project I so I, I I lost my job and stuff and I thought okay I'm giving myself six months I basically had an equivalent of six months of savings you know so I could only sustain for six months and I thought okay I'm giving myself six months to work on this project launch it and then I'm finding a job so for this six months I basically worked my ass off like I it was a full-time job and it was hard and I, I didn't have that much of a social life I couldn't see my friends that much but I knew that it would be for six months and six months only and then obviously you need to continue working on it but it's a different balance then because you find a job and then you rearrange all of it. yeah it's all about time management and making sure that what you're doing is also limited in time you know before the launch you'll work to you'll need to work like a lot after the launch you'll do that as well but you might be able to balance it all out because obviously it will be a quieter time for you so yeah I would say time management and 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 keeping in mind that everything is is limited so discipline 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 yeah basically. really yeah <laughs> honestly yeah yeah it's hard huh? i'm not saying it's easy it's, it's no hard. it definitely is hard I, to kind of juggle yeah, exactly i mean at the same time but no you've done a great job so far so thank you should you. be happy and proud ah, thanks what do you expect to see for the future of the natural hair movement? I, maybe it's me being a bit naive, um, but I kind of hope that in maybe 10, 15 years, this movement won't be a movement anymore, but simply because I would love to see natural hair as seen, perceived as the norm by the mm -hmm. wider world. So if it's becoming the norm, we won't need a movement to kind of, you know, fight for a representation, fight for better diversity, like in terms of textured hair, I, I'm, I'm talking about but um yeah i i just hope that one day we won't need to call it a movement we'll just see it as a i don't know um like a community a community topic something that we can randomly talk about without having to you know create like safe space and stuff like that i just i just hope that we reach a point where natural hair just becomes the norm um, and obviously I'm not saying that safe spaces aren't important and stuff like that. It's obviously very important, especially in, in, um, in such period. Um, but, um, yeah, I just hope that we, we won't need a natural hair movement anymore. I just hope it will be seen as the norm. I hope that, I just hope that the, 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 the hair education, uh, the hair knowledge that we struggle to, to have for all these years of living won't be a problem anymore. You know, I just hope that we can all know how to understand our hair, take care of our hair, talk about our hair in a you know positive light to the future generations but i'm, I'm probably a bit idealistic on, on that point we'll never say never uh, we'll see i'll call you I go and dream. <laughs> <laughs> okay before we wrap up we're going to ask you what's next for the curl talk project um i think now i'm just resting to be completely honest um <laughs> I just, that's fair i'm just like you know like this exhibition is done i'm just like taking a break and stuff but i think um 
I, I would obviously keep um, making the, com- the the conversation going. Obviously, making sure that the project is still an ongoing project that it doesn't have um, like a, an end date. Again, I can talk about a dream, but I see more. I see that more as an objective. I would love to make a book out of it. So yeah, that I can imagine it as a little coffee table book. I know, I know, I can do. I'm really excited about it. Just talking about it, actually. <laughs> but, yeah, um, just thinking of the pictures and how vibrant they are and the colors behind it. You know, yeah, it would be quite nice. I think. I think it would be quite nice but yeah I'll say that okay sneak peek there we have it here yeah so thank you so much for joining us you've been an amazing guest and it's been an absolute pleasure thank you that was fun so there you have it to keep going you need to tap into your networks and remember your purpose I hope you enjoyed listening if you did please stay tuned we'll be releasing an episode every two weeks so be sure to subscribe and you can follow us on instagram at lifestyle podcast catch you in the next one This podcast was brought to you by The Collective London.